I think, and that's the biggest fight that we have internally with our industry, is that I promise you that if there's a company that it's making more money off the residual that they are creating than the fee that they are charging, I don't think in that, in that way of doing business, I don't think that that exists. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode to E2E or e-commerce to everyone. On today's episode, we have a pretty interesting episode today. We're going to be talking about uh, Walmart automation versus Amazon automation. But before we head into all that, and before I introduce my host, Vlad, next to me, I want to start the episode with an analogy uh, of what is Amazon automation. And Amazon automation, guys, is like transportation. You can go from point A to point B, either walking, driving, or taking the bus, a taxi, Uber, whatever option you, you, you prefer. And that's literally what Amazon automation is. You can sell your product either using FBA, FBM, or dropshipping. On today's episode, we're going to get more in depth into that, into what are the difference between each other, but we wanted to make clear that all those processes are part of Amazon automation. Now, how are you doing today, bro? I'm doing amazing. It's, I'm glad to be here again. And obviously this is gonna be a little bit more of an exciting episode, a little bit more informative. And I think it's gonna give people some more confidence on Amazon and, and automation in general. So looking forward to are it. Are you getting more confidence in front of the camera? Yeah, it's the lights, you know, it's the lighting. It helps you or It not? helps me, yeah, it helps okay, me. Okay, cool. Me. So, I already said what Amazon automation is, but in your own words, can you explain why we want to make this like Walmart automation versus Amazon automation and not both things together? Like a lot of people do, you know, a lot of people out there in our industry, they uh, talk about Walmart automation and Amazon automation as being pretty much the same thing. Mm -hmm. And of course, different platforms, mm -hmm. but the same concept. And there's a, I think that there's a lot of misinformation and a lot of factors that people actually don't know and these companies are not considering. So in your own words, what is one and the other? To start, I always like to say that I think automation is really tough to do in anything, in any business, in any investment you may have um, at, at your disposal. But in Amazon's business, there is a way to automate it. And if it's not you on your own, putting that time, that money, the energy, the effort into building your business, there are ways to find resources that can help automate that process for you, if it is your store specifically. I mean, you, 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 can, you can automate it because of the fact that the platform is doing the heavy lifting, you know, like the heavy lifting being customer acquisition and being able for you to showcase your products or other people's products in a platform where there are 60 million visitors per hour, you know? Yeah. So that's what actually makes it a nice business to automate. Mm -hmm. Now to your point, uh, you have to have the right tools and the right mm -hmm. company behind it. Mm -hmm. So I agree with you on that, on that yeah. side of things. And I think that that's something that a lot of misinformation goes into it, you know? Like Amazon Automation started 
probably like five years ago as something like really strong. Mm-hmm. And uh, from the get-go, companies or management, yeah, automation companies were doing things that they were not allowed on Amazon policies, but mm-hmm. there was a loophole because for Amazon, it was very hard to find out that you were doing these things that they actually don't allow. Like for example, buying from retailers and allowing them to fulfill the order for you. Yeah. So the way Walmart came into picture is pretty funny because how, how long ago was it like two years now? Yeah, about two years. Two years two, ago, three years. Walmart came mm-hmm. out with, uh, with Walmart Seller Central and all the Amazon automations thought that mm-hmm. because at the same time were when the main issues with Amazon automation as it's known, uh, like what all everybody except ECI does, mm-hmm. uh, at that time was when the main issues with Amazon started happening, that accounts were getting shut down and Amazon mm-hmm. was picking up with this retail arbitrage uh, policy and, and mm-hmm. actually enforcing it, mm-hmm. that that's when actually uh, Walmart Seller Central came out and all these companies thought that, okay, this is what Amazon was five years ago. Yeah. You know, and that's literally what drives so much traffic into the Walmart Seller Central platform. I think that if I'm not mistaken, like hundreds, if not thousands of accounts were open on Walmart Seller Central and all these accounts were being driven by companies that were on the automation space. And it was funny because you would go into social media and all these companies that were talking about Amazon automation, uh, now they were talking about Walmart automation. Mm -hmm. And it's such like, it was so strong the way these companies bought into the idea Mm -hmm. of Walmart automation that they literally transitioned or transition clients that were having issues in Amazon into Walmart, mm-hmm. but also they kind of like stopped promoting Amazon automation and now they focus into Walmart yeah. automation. No, absolutely. And you know, it's funny because we know that the real automation side of, of the business is the platform, right? Whether it's Walmart, whether it's Amazon, and it's hard to automate something when the landscape changes, when there's policy changes, Mm -hmm. when you can't necessarily source the product the same way you used to do it two, three years ago, and you end up having to adapt. And that's why I started off by saying that automation is difficult, but with the right tools to your point and resources, and most importantly, I always like to say this respectfully, just the commitment to that side of the business of automating something on Amazon or Walmart has to be done the right way or else what happens? It falls apart, right? now. The toughest challenge is the way that Walmart or Amazon educate or inform the public or whoever wants to join the platform. They actually don't. They don't, right? That's what I mean. Like they don't. So you go on there, you're thinking, okay, I can get on here. I get a product from here. I send it there. And the way you learn is through trial and error. Oh, of course. And with that trial and error, you have to adapt every day because as we said, two, three years ago, four years ago on Amazon with retailers, it was easy. Walmart was just a brick and mortar. Now, all of a sudden, people are trying to build Walmart businesses and saying they offer automation for it. And the reality is Walmart doesn't even look for new businesses the way that Amazon would to be automated and and running. Can we go like from the beginning? Because I think that we started with a, a lot of information about what automation is, what Amazon is, like a little bit of backstory about how Walmart automation started. But let's go a little bit back on time when Amazon automation was like booming, you right. know, and it was something that for anybody that knew a little bit about e-commerce was an easy startup 
to do and to offer the service. Mm -hmm. And I want to make emphasis on this because the reason it was so easy, to your point, the platform itself, uh, the different options that you have to sell on that platform, either it's FBA, mm -hmm. which if you know a little bit about e-commerce and you want, you, you had a little bit of success within yourself and you want to start offering these to other people, it's, it becomes very natural to you yeah. to start like mm -hmm. finding products and mm -hmm. sending them to Amazon and then Amazon doing the fulfillment. Mm -hmm. So that's probably why FBA automation exists, mm -hmm. which it's a good way of automation, you know, huge props to the people and to us because we do that too, uh, that find those winning products for clients and they yeah. take advantage of FBA so they don't have to deal with the mm -hmm. fulfillment and all those things. Then at the same time, going back to what we were saying, uh, we started real, and I say we because I was part of like that beginning stage, we realized that products on retailers like Walmart, Target, Home Depot, they were way cheaper than what you could mm -hmm. sell them on Amazon. Mm -hmm. And that's where the opportunity door opened. You know, at that stage, it was like, people are paying, they, they, they are not even doing the research. Like Amazon made it so easy and so lazy and, and, and transformed the habit of purchasing into such a lazy habit mm -hmm. that now people are even not searching the item. They're just going into Amazon, searching on Amazon mm -hmm. and buying it. Regard they are looking for the cheapest product on Amazon, but That's they are not it. looking for the cheapest product overall. Mm -hmm. So that opened up an opportunity for actual drop shipping, as most people know about mm -hmm. it, which it was huge. You know, and the amount of not only money, but the amount of sales and volume that you could move from through your store doing this uh, method was huge. And you had literally very little risk. Like the risk for the side of people that know the business was maybe Amazon picks up because we know that we are doing something against the policy, but maybe they don't and most likely they won't. So the risk is very minimal. Yeah. So let's sell. We are buying product that it's already sold. <laughs> we are putting it on our credit card. Amazon is paying us back. We pay the credit card, we keep the profit, mm -hmm. the whole system works. Now, and then of course we have FBM, which compared to these two methods at the time, FBM was literally, you would do FBM if you already had a business and you had a product, you're a manufacturer, and yeah. you literally have a facility where you can fulfill the orders yeah. from. So FBM really, at that time, uh, never came into the picture, yeah. you know? But the thing with going back to drop shipping, it's crazy how, going back to your point that you said it at the beginning, like how the the, the platforms evolve, you know, yes. and the and the and the uh, business, mm -hmm. uh, the the e-commerce business mm -hmm. evolves so fast that this change of drop shipping, the way everybody does it, was good, and all of a sudden became bad was in a time frame of. Like six months. Yeah, six months. No, and, and to your point too, Iggy, you know, with doing these different methods, FBA, we know that's closer to the automation, that autopilot for your, your store on Amazon, right? Yeah, you still have to do the, the, the customer yeah. service side, making like yeah. shipping the product to Amazon, which is not easy, something that... But at least you know that product yeah. is there, it's moving yes. and you can get the procuring of that product. And the drop shipping side is so 
crazy because it's high risk and high reward at the same time. So, but is it really high reward? Well, at the time, well, at the t in the, in the an instant feeling, that first month, two months that you're you're ramping up the store to your point where you know that it's not going to be as sustainable. It's risky, but there it is rewarding because you're perceiving this to be forever. You think that okay, this is coming from one place to the next. Customers aren't going to look everywhere. They're going to just stick with what they have. And, and there was no way for the customer to find out where exactly. the product was coming from. Exactly. Like that's that's the main thing that made it like good, mm -hmm. you know, because even though the policy, which we're going to put it in the description of the episode so people can go and check it out, mm -hmm. but the policy in Amazon is very clear and it's not a new policy. It's not a policy that mm -hmm. came out like six months ago. It's a policy that's been on Amazon from the beginning. And the main reason why that policy exists is because if now we put ourselves on Amazon shoes, it makes sense. You know, they are the ones doing all the effort marketing wise, mm -hmm. driving the traffic to mm -hmm. the platform. So the least thing that they want to generate is confusion on the consumer. And then the least thing that they want to create is that the consumer receives a Walmart box and now they are like, hold on, I can buy this shit on Walmart? Let me complain, let me get my money back. Let me make my Amazon lose money. Let me make the seller lose money. But the bottom line is that Amazon, what Amazon cares about is that they are losing money. Mm -hmm. And now I'm going to go and order it from Walmart for mm -hmm. 30, 40% less. Well. At that time, now it's like five, 10% less, mm -hmm. which anyways, is so, money for the people. So they would go in, they would do the claim, they would return the product, Amazon will lose their money, the seller will lose their money, the seller is most likely is going to get deactivated, and now the customer is going to go to Walmart and buy it. So Amazon is losing twice because they are losing their commission, mm -hmm. and then they believe that they can lose a long-life customer, mm -hmm. and the other part is that the seller, the owner of the store, loses too yeah. because they're going to not only deactivate the account but hold the money. Yeah, it's collateral. Yeah, like, like you want to you want to mess up my customer, you want to make me look bad. I'm not going to let you sell, and most importantly, I don't want you to have that business ever again. On and, my and I'm holding you your money, yeah, which, is, which the is, most, is the most the, the, the most tough part for anybody in drop shipping because yeah. one of the things that I think people don't understand in drop shipping, yes, it's great. You are only paying for what you sell. But at the end of the day, Amazon is the house. So customer is paying to you through Amazon. Who is holding the money? Amazon. Amazon pays you every two weeks. So if you messed up the policies during those two weeks, guess what's going to happen? You're not going to get paid. So the credit card payment still credit comes in. The credit card you have to pay. It. So it's like it became this game of like, you know, let me it's not stealing, so I don't want to use that word, but let me let me do something bad without getting caught, and if I get caught, then, okay. I'll pay for the consequences I, I'll pay later. For the, it, it's yeah. like kind of playing that game, yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. um, and just to, 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 to talk about what we're going to talk, which is the comparison between one and the other, so these problems started happening happen heavily where Amazon started started getting aware of all these, not, not aware, Amazon started enforcing these policies uh, because what happened? Walmart and other retailers mm -hmm. got forced because people were staying more at home. The pandemic happened. Yep. Actually, the pandemic is the, the big factor of all these changes. And you couldn't go to the brick and mortar location. 
And all these big retailers started losing millions, billions. Mm -hmm. And the only one that was still making money, like business as usual, was Amazon. Mm -hmm. And the smart thing to do, and, and this is me assuming based on my understanding of the industry, I don't have any insight that, yeah, we did that because, uh, you know, that's XYZ. what happened. So <laughs> I don't want people to say like, oh, he talks like if he knows. No, this is me assuming. But if I had to assume is the fact that Walmart sales started going down, Target sales going down, Amazon sales going up, 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 up. All you have to do as a company that has the resources is to look at the blueprint. Mm -hmm. And when you look at the blueprint at the, from the big player in town, which is Amazon at the time, you start analyzing, okay, what does Amazon do? They take care of the customers, they make sure that the customer knows that their product is coming from them, mm -hmm. and they offer fast service. And what did Walmart do? How do we make sure that the customer knows that the product is coming from us? Let's start branding the boxes. So now all of a sudden, dropshippers that were buying from Walmart and that box was coming like Regular. the color of this table, mm -hmm. uh, now it was coming on a blue box that says Walmart everywhere. So that's number one. Now, no matter if they were buying it on Amazon from your store, they were knowing that the product was coming from Walmart. Mm -hmm. And number two, another thing that messed up the dropshipping dream is that now, instead of Walmart building their own fulfillment uh, service, they partner up with Uber, with uh, Postmates, Postmates at the time, which now it's Uber, mm -hmm. DoorDash, mm -hmm. to offer same day delivery. Mm -hmm. The problem with these companies, on, on Walmart's eyes, it's amazing. I'm getting, I'm, I'm, I'm delivering the product on the same day. I'm just like Amazon. <laughs> exactly, but the problem that they had, the problem that they caused in the dropshipping industry is that now we don't have tracking numbers. Mm -hmm. So tracking numbers for those who don't know is the, the, the tool that Amazon uses to verify that you are fulfilling the order, mm -hmm. okay? So the way it works is I buy something on Amazon, I pay, Amazon holds the money, and until the seller doesn't insert the tracking number for my order, Amazon doesn't release my money, okay? Now, when they release my money, they don't release it directly into my bank account, they release it into my Amazon bank account. Mm -hmm. But the key part of this is that what most companies started doing, or every company started doing, mm -hmm. is creating fake tracking numbers. And the fake tracking numbers cost another problem on top of already infringing the retail arbitrage policy, which the other problem is that now Amazon thinks that you're doing fraud. Because on again, going back to Amazon policies and rules and everything, they explain to you that the moment you fulfill the order, meaning the moment you provide the tracking number, Amazon will release the funds to your Amazon bank account. They will pay you every two weeks, but they will release the funds. Mm -hmm. and with fake tracking numbers, you trigger the system where Amazon released the money, but then the client never gets the product in their eyes. Mm -hmm. And if they never get the product, then Amazon starts thinking that you're doing fraud. And when Amazon starts thinking that you're doing fraud, boom, that's another cause why accounts were getting shut down mm -hmm. and are getting shut down in this industry. So. I lost my train of thought, but- No, I, no, no, you, you were right on point. You were really showing the, 
the comparisons in a way without comparing them to Walmart automation, Amazon automation, and the little things, the intricacies within that, that can affect the difference between you being able to drop ship the wrong way and you doing it the right way and, and the consequences thereafter. Because to your point, it's Amazon's integrity and it's the customer's integrity. If I can't track my package, I'm gonna get pretty upset. And if I get a blue box or a red box instead of the one with the smiley face, I'm, e I'm gonna be even more upset. But it's not, it, it's not even about the smiley face because the, the packages that we ship from our fulfillment center, they don't come with a smiley face. Right. It's about, it's about at the end of the day from Amazon, it's about no, not confusing the, the consumer, yeah, right? Yeah, the brands. So you can ship your products on a regular box mm -hmm. as long as the label mm -hmm. refers to you. Yeah. The problem, again, it's not only the box, the blue box, which it's already causing confusion, but it's also that the fact that the label, it says Walmart, it's, it says other information yeah. other than the seller. So that's the other part that is causing yeah. the issue. So going back to the story that I was telling, now I remember, thank you for, for bringing me back. Mm -hmm. uh, people now with time on the pandemic and people actually needing the money because a lot of people, they were still buying necessities, but yeah. their income was affected. Mm -hmm. What do you do? If you, are, if you are fighting for every dollar that you're making, believe me, with time in your hands, you're going to take the time to sit down your ass in, in your desk and write a complaint to Amazon telling them, hey, I ordered this from this uh, seller. It got to me on a Walmart box. Uh, I want a refund. And why am I getting it on a Walmart yeah. box? And the moment, Amazon receives that complaint, that, yeah, that complaint, they're going to shut you down. Yeah. They are going to give you room for you to appeal mm -hmm. and there's ways for you to get the store back, but then it becomes like a roller coaster. You know, it becomes like highs, downs, highs, downs. It doesn't become a consistent mm -hmm. business, mm -hmm. which is the problem and it's the reason why we started ECI in the first place, right? Mm -hmm. Because um, we do believe and this is something that I told you from the beginning is like, if something done the wrong way can make you money, imagine only if you do it the right way, mm -hmm. right? And that's the concept behind what we do here at ECI. Like we are actually doing everything by Amazon policies. We don't use retailers. Mm -hmm. We have accounts directly with the brands, distributors, wholesalers, uh, manufacturers. Mm -hmm. We have the product in-house and we are acting as the supplier yeah. for our clients. Yeah. That's the big difference. So we never have a risk of the activation, yeah. you know, and we can guarantee a long-term sustainable business that it's going to make you money every month without you having two risks. Number one, having to blow up your card to make $5,000 because the margins on retail arbitrage are very slim. Mm -hmm. And with, with us, the way we do it, the margins are big. Mm -hmm. And number two, you are always getting paid because Amazon has no reason for them to hold yeah. their money, hold your money. So those are the, the big difference, you know, like that's why when, when we always talk about, we want to set ourselves, like, how do we call ourselves? Like, what do we do, you know? And it's like, oh, we're in the Amazon automation business. Yeah, we're in the Amazon automation business, but it gets very hard to say it yep. when you know that you're so different. Yes, absolutely. And, and something that you mentioned that I think is important to talk about is dropshipping is not just retailers. You can actually dropship through Amazon and follow the policies that they have with their guidelines and use 
manufacturers, distributors, different vendors and suppliers that aren't prohibited to sell on Amazon. I always like to mention that because to your point, that's something that we're able to do for our clients or in the service that we provide to be more on that positive side of Amazon automation. Another thing too is that, you know, as the business grows, there's always going to be more risk, right? When you look at stores that start the dropship, they hit these ridiculous volume of, of sales, right? You see these posts, screenshots and videos and YouTube uh, videos as well, or Instagram reels. And it's crazy because it's like one month, you know, two months. And then next thing you know, it's, you don't really hear that that's, same that's story. Why, that's why I, I said it yesterday on my stories. I stopped posting. I feel that I need to, but I stopped posting store performances because the, the first thing that comes into my head when I see a store performance is like, you're picking the store that you're, that you're showing, mm -hmm. you know? And the bottom line is that I don't want to showcase store performances because again, I don't want to generate that thought in mm -hmm. whoever is watching my stories, but also because everybody's making money, you know? Some of them, as, as we always say, some businesses make more money than others. That's the nature of the game. Mm -hmm. But at the bottom line, all the, they are all in the green. So what I want people to focus on, and this is why we do what we do, and we try to give as much information as possible, is to focus and to inquire about the process. Mm -hmm. Because if you know the playing field, which is what we're doing, explaining policies, the differentiators, and stuff like that, you can assess with enough information if the process that the company yeah. that you're talking about, it's actually long-term, or short yeah. term and they're just going to take your money. 100%, and I think you touched on a lot of that in previous videos from your experience, as well as on our website, we have blogs that really dive into the process and try to educate potential clients or people that are looking into Amazon automation. And that's important because at the end of the day, the misinformation that's given for that vulnerability of making money, it happens to so many people in Amazon, or, or excuse me, to so many third-party sellers on Amazon because of this kind of misunderstanding of how you actually need to do it with the changes that happen every day and with the team that you have, you know, whether it's a management company like Ecom Industry or if it's yourself and you're looking online or on Reddit, it gets challenging because you, you have to continue to adapt and learn. And I think something that doesn't get spoken up, uh, spoken about enough is when we compare Amazon automation to Walmart automation, it's two separate things. Walmart Automation, they're not looking for new sellers. Well, Walmart, Walmart Automation doesn't exist. Yeah. Let's start like there. <laughs> yeah. like, that's, that's the bottom line. Like, that's why we haven't spent so much time talking about it because mm -hmm. the, the, the way Walmart started, you know, Walmart fucked up when they started. And I know this with facts because I have a person that works at Walmart and I build a really close relationship. And uh, literally they told me, you know, like, look, they never, they never told me we fucked up because they will never say that. But when Walmart launched Seller Central, the application was way different than what it is on Amazon. Mm -hmm. When Walmart launched Seller Central, they were actually targeting, without saying it, businesses that already sell a product mm -hmm. that they already sell online. And that's why they were asking, for example, for a Shopify account, which actually was not a Shopify account, it was a website, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm automation companies make it a Shopify account. That's why now when you talk to somebody about Walmart automation, they tell you like, yeah, I, had a, I, had a, I have a Shopify account. Okay, that was, not, that was not the part that 
Walmart is asking for. Walmart is asking for a website mm. because they wanted to verify that you qualify to sell on their platform only if you were a, a, a company that had a product that sells online already and that has a brick and mortar location. So what that means is that at the end of the day, they were not looking for really third-party sellers. They were looking for actual businesses. The problem they had is that, in my opinion, they released the platform too early. Actually, the platform, in, I spoke to tech people and uh, even myself, like the user experience on the platform, if you compare Walmart with Amazon, is day and night. Like Walmart, it's built out in, in 1995. It looks like really, like really old. I don't know now because I haven't got into it, but they got so many submissions of new stores that the verification process that they had failed, you know? And what companies were doing is creating fake Shopify stores. Uh, they were submitting it to Walmart. Walmart was getting them approved and the business looked like it was going well. So it got everybody excited, you know? Every single automation company was like, holy shit, we are into something, you know? Because part of the interesting thing about setting up the account in Walmart is that Walmart would ask you, how will you fulfill the orders? And you had UPS, DHL, FedEx, and FBA. So people were like, hold on. That means that now I can do the reverse. I can buy on Amazon and sell on Walmart. So it was pretty fun, honestly. Like at the beginning when, when I set it up for, again, my old business, uh, I was very hesitant. Then a month in, I became very confident. And then the problems started to happen. And the problems that started to happen is that dropshipping policies were still there. You know, accounts were getting shut down for dropshipping violations. And then what ended the Walmart automation regime in my eyes, even though people still advertise it, what ended it is the fact that I think it was around January, uh, we started getting a lot of phone calls already being out, okay, already having ECI, but we were getting a lot of phone calls from old clients that they were like, my account got shut down and nobody knows what to do. And I did a little bit of research. I reached out to these people and that's going back to the beginning of the story. This person told me, no, the problem, the reason we shut down so many stores is because Walmart Seller Central was never created for third party sellers. Walmart Seller Central was created as a, as, a, as a channel for companies, for businesses that have good products, but they were not on Walmart. And that way Walmart saw an opportunity as e-commerce is growing every year, they saw an opportunity like they were like, hold on, our process of getting new uh, brands, new products into our physical stores, it's a shit show, like it's bureaucracy after bureaucracy. You have to go to one meeting to the other, then they accept you. You get the first order into Walmart, they put you on the bottom of the shelf, they don't pay you. Uh, if you start selling the product, if they start selling the product, then they pay you, but you are all, like there's so many politics involved into that, that they realize, which actually I think it's a really good idea because if you have a brand, if you have a product and you can say now, hey, my product is on walmart.com, like, that's amazing, you know? Like, you are selling on Walmart. You might not be on the brick and mortar location, but you are selling on Walmart. So their idea with the platform 
was exactly for that. So all the accounts that were getting shut down, they were getting shut down because when they were reviewing their Shopify accounts, they were all fake. You know, we, we like, I, I, I know people that were getting approved to sell on Walmart with a cell phone Shopify store, like they were selling cases and uh, phone ac accessories, and then you would look into their Walmart account and they were selling toilet paper, which, by the way, it's kind of crazy. Actually, not toilet paper, furniture. You know, because the reverse engineering of what people were doing is like, from Amazon to Walmart, we sell items like furniture, uh, office supplies that are bigger and stuff. Yeah, outdoor stuff, because Walmart already has the essentials. And the philosophy between Walmart to Amazon is let's sell the essentials on Amazon because Walmart has the essentials, you know, and they're cheaper usually. So that's where like the whole versus became, because now you had people asking you, oh, but you offer both, what is better, you know? And the response would be like, oh, well, if you, it's diversification, you know, you can have a Walmart store and you can have an Amazon store. And that was not the case. Yeah, it wasn't the case. Uh, I think just cutting, copying, pasting the same method on another platform, except the difference is that they don't even want new sellers was never gonna be successful long-term and it wasn't gonna be sustainable. And it's unfortunate because you learn through experience. I was there too, I got to see how that went from the highs to the lows and adapting to all those things at the same time is difficult because that requires commitment from a resource standpoint and commitment from a financial standpoint to try to see if you could either not build these stores on Walmart or you just avoid it completely because it doesn't exist. There isn't really a Walmart automation. Like it's non-existent to your yeah. point. Like I, I think that we, like that's why we don't offer it, you know? Like I'm thinking maybe with our system, can we offer Walmart? Well, the fulfillment by Walmart side of yeah, things, like, you know, I mean, with branded products. We, we could, we could mm -hmm. to certain clients, you know, mm -hmm. we could offer it to clients that have a product, like my wife, for example, you know? I could offer Walmart automation to my wife. Mm -hmm. You know, she has a brand, she has a product, mm -hmm. she has a website, and her store would get approved and it would not have any issues. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, it's not a business model for our market. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like our market is we create digital assets in forms of e-commerce stores that produce cash flow on a monthly basis with all the T's and I's cross. And dotted. And dotted. So thank you. I got you. That, that's why you're here, bro. Yes, sir. Thank you. <laughs> He's Ukrainian, but his English is perfect. Pray for Ukraine. Yeah, pray for Ukraine. That, I don't mean that in a joke, no, but no, you no, made no. me laugh, bro. You, I smile because like, you got to be positive. Yeah, it's, But to his it's point, sad. you know, it's about building a passive investment, making clients feel like it's automated and making sure it's consistent month over month. Because at the end of the day, we all want to make money and it's a two-way street. Whether you're doing it on your own or with a management company, you don't want to have to dish out 20, 30, 40, 50 grand Next thing you know, your business is shut down in six months. That's a well, headache nobody wants. And that takes me to another point, which is like the question that I realize now looking back is like one, one question that would come all the time with most more savvy people, it would be like, okay, why are you doing what you do? You know, mm -hmm. why are you offering me this service? If you know how to do it, that means if I come in, I'm a competitor because we're all shopping from the same place. Number one, the answer to that is directly Amazon is so big that on the items that we, we ourselves have today and 
companies look at when it comes to the bad drop shipping. Uh, they are items that are necessities that Amazon makes room for every seller. You know, like we test this out every single day with certain products that we might put in every single store and every single store sells. Like no matter, mm -hmm. like as long as the price is the same, mm -hmm. every single store we sell. And that's just something that has to do with the Amazon algorithm that until this day, I, I, I don't know anybody that has figured it out. Um, Thankfully, so if, th so if you're listening and you figure it out, <laughs> give me a call. I can pay yeah. you. I, I'll pay you well. Just help yeah. me figure it out to myself. But the bottom line is, bro, that the the main reason nobody could answer because there was no a real reason. Mm -hmm. You were just doing it, or they are still doing it for the huge upfront fee mm -hmm. that they are charging. And if we break down the huge because this is part of the versus, you know, one and the other. Or we already said that Walmart automation doesn't exist, but can we say that Amazon automation then that way actually exists? Because I think, and that's the biggest fight that we have internally with our industry, is that I promise you that if there's a company that it's making more money off the residual that they are creating than the fee that they are charging, I don't think in that, in that way of doing business, I don't think that that exists, you know? Yep. And that's the answer to the bottom line of why ECI does what we do. Mm -hmm. Like we do what we do because we feel that we have a solid method, okay? It's risk proven, mm -hmm. like there's, Zero, like not zero because there's always risk on everything, but the real risk that you yeah. have when you come with us is if ECI go, goes yeah. bankrupt. Yeah. That's the only risk yeah. that you have because we are taking the risk, we are procuring the product, we are fulfilling the orders. Yep. So at the end of the day, when you come from an investor side to us, the only risk that you are actually yeah. facing is that we not succeed as yeah. a business and, and things are not looking like that. And, so, and just to add to that, we know what we're doing. You know, we know what we're doing and we have to show for what we're doing. Yeah, we have to show for it, yeah. And I always make a joke, we talk about it. You know, we don't even call it FBA or FBM or dropshipping. We call it FBECI, Fulfilled by yeah, e-commerce. Yeah, which is the truth. We're our own, we're our yeah, own, we're own, own differentiator. We're like a little, yeah. like a little Trojan horse inside Amazon. <laughs> yes, you know? exactly. We're like and, our and, own Trojan horse. There. And by the way, to his point, we went through some accreditations, trainings, with Amazon and still can't figure out the algorithm. So oh, that yeah, doesn't yeah. work that, either. That, that, that's yeah. a good point because people will think like, oh, damn, this guy is talking like this. <laughs> yeah. and he doesn't know, no, no. Yeah. We are accredited by Amazon, actually. Yeah. We are the only business in our space that it's actually accredited by Amazon. And that just shows again to what you were saying, we actually put the time into figuring out stuff. Mm -hmm. Like we're, we're not looking for shortcuts. You know, we're not looking for the, how, how to keep collecting more money yeah. doing the least we're work. We're not taking people's yeah, arms like, and legs, I, you know, I, we, we're, we, we're being like, fair. I think bro that part of this growth and this journey show us that the right way is the sustainable way. Yes, sir. You know, and, and that's the most important thing. And that's got what goes back to what I was saying. That's actually, as people know it, you know, and people that are might be searching, that might come up with through this video because they are searching actually for Walmart automation or Amazon automation. Mm -hmm. Like what you are searching for, the way you are getting the information feed to you, 
it doesn't actually exist in any of both worlds. Mm -hmm. You know, now if we talk about how automation actually should work, mm -hmm. I feel comfortable with saying that we might be maybe for now, because maybe these videos wake somebody up and they want to do it. I don't think so because it's a lot of work and hard, yeah. but automation, the way it should be known is the way we do it. Yes. And when you put us in that category and now you try to compare Amazon automation versus Walmart automation, I tell you this, and this would be the answer to that. If you have a business and you have your product and you have a website and you already have sales and you already have a marketing mm -hmm. uh, uh, assets mm -hmm. and you're already marketing your product, mm -hmm. Walmart, it's a great tool, mm -hmm. but they don't compete against each other. You could actually leverage Walmart and you can leverage Amazon because the people that shop on those platforms are completely different profiles. Yes. So if you are that individual, I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't pick one or the other, I would actually pick both. Yeah. Now, if you're an individual that you just see e-commerce as a good cash flow business that can be making you money while you are working on your business, while you are working on your job, while you are on the weekend with your family, yep. and you want to have like that side business, like diversification of your portfolio. Passive income. Yeah, not only on the stock market, but actually like into a business, mm -hmm. then our method is the one that is going to have you safe. Yeah, no, absolutely. Our method is the one that is going mm -hmm. to actually provide you with that for the long term. Not for mm -hmm. one, two, six months, but actually for the next five, 10 years. Yeah, no, 100%. And taking a step back, I always like to do this. People get so into Amazon automation or Walmart automation or even other e-commerce platforms and marketplaces that they forget about the risks and rewards or expenses and sacrifices for an actual business and we know that's our fault that's the yes, industry fault. that's the industry's, that's the industry's fault. fault because yes people that are on this industry is like when they promote they're on their cars mm -hmm. they are on a yacht mm -hmm. they are showing their watches they are mm -hmm. doing this they're doing that and that sells like it's like holy shit like I can have that lifestyle too if I just have an Amazon store. Yeah. What they don't know on the other side is that the lifestyle doesn't come from an Amazon store. Yeah. Actually, if you inquire to automation business owners, if they have their own Amazon store, they will tell you no. no. Mm -hmm. Like 99%, you can quote me on this and you can tell me, oh, the YouTube guy said that you don't have an Amazon store and they will not have an Amazon store. Guarantee, mm -hmm. you know? and. I'm not going to tell you the answer because I don't want to give ideas to the people that have to answer that question, but the bottom line is that they never even look into having a store, you know? Yeah. So that's what actually, yeah. that's what actually upsets me from not only for what's going on, but also for having been part of. Yes. And that's the whole mission of what we are doing. It's like trying again to help people that yeah. are actually in those situations. Look, at the end of the day, Ignacio, you hold yourself accountable and you also believe in Amazon. You know, you believe in this ability to provide a passive investment or a protected investment that someone can make without any experience in business, 
without because, you taking because, advantage. Because we have the experience. Yeah, and you don't yeah. want to take advantage. Yeah, we're not taking you know? advantage. And I think that's important because people don't know business, to my point. You know, I had to learn business. I'm younger. I learned a lot through you and the previous company. I'm still learning. Everybody's yeah, still learning. You know, There's and, always something in you that you can learn. And seeing the way that we've been blessed to build this and make it a differentiator in this market, it's amazing because people can see the value not just from what we show from a facility standpoint or a system software standpoint, but how much we care, you know, how much knowledge, information, doing things like this, really giving the audience a sense of encouragement, you know, because we know right now we, the biggest battle for us is, is the bad reputation, the distaste that how many people we have that we had to reactivate their accounts because of drop shipping issues, because of fulfillment issues. And I think at the end of the day for us, it's, you know, Given this information and empowering people to really feel comfortable with wanting to diversify, with wanting to have an automated business. Because for you as the client, if you pick the right team, like here, us at ECI, you can't actually have a business on Amazon that's automated and a passive income stream. And that goes to an episode that we recorded a few weeks ago where I talk about passive income, you know, and at the end of the day, going back to my, my, my philosophy about passive yes. income, the fact that for me, passive income only exists in two ways. Either you have disposable money mm -hmm. or you don't have disposable money, but you're putting it in a place where the people that are managing your money have the same skin, of the skin in the game as you do mm -hmm. or more and that they are actually doing the work. Because yes. what we do, the way we do it, guys, there's no secret, okay? Like Vlad talk about it, like vendors. Of course, there's a secret on getting yeah, the vendors. A little secret there's ingredients. A secret, yeah. There's a secret on finding mm -hmm. the products. There's Building a secret on building relationships. Mm -hmm. There's a secret mm -hmm. on the systems. Mm -hmm. It's not a secret of state that nobody can find out, but it takes fucking time to figure yeah. it out. It takes fucking time to implement it. Yeah. And it takes fucking time like anything, Yeah, you know? So... Those are the things that we yeah. keep to ourselves. Yeah. But at the end of the day, the truth is that anybody yeah. can have an Amazon store managed by themselves. Yeah, no, absolutely. And the bottom line of that is that where the value comes is like to your point is you want passive income, make sure that the, per and you want to get into e-commerce, get, make sure that the company that you're trusting, maybe you don't like us, but make sure that they are doing the work that we do. Yeah because that's the only thing. You don't need to like me for me to make you money. Yeah. You know, that, yeah. that's one thing doesn't go to the, yeah. next to the other. Like I know people that hate each other, but they make money together. Yeah. So you don't, have, you don't have to come with us, but make sure that the company that you're choosing is doing the work that we're doing. And now that you have this information that we're sharing with you, make sure that they can answer these questions yeah. marks, question marks that we are raising for you. Yeah, no, absolutely. And just to get this straight, if you're gonna invest, into an e-commerce business, into a business that's non-tangible, make sure that it feels as tangible as possible. And also, if it's a, a tech company, make sure you get an app because we're in 2022 and that's very important. And by the way, we have our very own app because we care about you guys feeling like you're in the future, yeah. not like you having to go to Excel sheets and figure things out. And the reason we have the app, bro, is because even the Amazon app for our business model has a lot of issues because yeah, you have full visibility on the business, but you can track uh, cost of goods sold, you can track Amazon fees, you can track all these different fees that, that 
are part of this game that in order for us to do the business the right way and stay away from what you mentioned before, spreadsheets, which is what everybody, every single company, I laugh when I see, you know, I, everybody follows everybody in this industry. And when you see somebody that is posting results and you see the spreadsheet, you know, it's like, dude, BAs are managing that because it's not even that they have people in the US. VAs are managing spreadsheets. And even with people in the US, managing a spreadsheet, if you never manage a spreadsheet, I, I please do the exercise, try to manage a, manage a spreadsheet for one business, transaction per transaction, it's a nightmare. Imagine if you do that for hundreds of businesses. You go fucking crazy. With thousands of with, orders. Uh, with thousands of orders. <laughs> It's, it, was, it, it costs a lot of confusion, numbers don't, don't add up, and the bottom line is that the reason we developed the app is because we integrate everything from Amazon and from our system automatically, and there's no manual process being done, and that way we can have accurate numbers. And that's why we don't have a single complaint from no client saying like, oh, my numbers don't match up. No, every single number matches, and everybody's happy and the transparency is there because you can literally track order by order on the app. You know, it's not something that it's like, I can only see the end number. No, you can go through your orders, you can go through your shipments, you can communicate with us through the app, you know, because one of the things that I put my time into it is like, we all have our phone on the hand all the time, but people hate fucking emails. People rather call or they rather text, or they rather go into an app and write on the app. You know, they don't like to send an email. So now with our app, you literally go to the app, you can send a request, communicate with your account manager, and we were able to do that based on previous experience and then hard work and money, you know? Like, what we did in such a short time is not cheap, you know? And that's the extra value that we have, like, literally, I said it at the beginning, like the only risk that somebody has when they come to us is if we go down. But do you think that a company will go down after they invested so much money in infrastructure? Like the chances are very fucking slim, you know? I, I never like to say zero because it's never zero, but the chances are very fucking slim, you know? Where the chances of somebody that manages your business with VAs, no office, everything is virtual, you can call, everything has to do through help desk and all this shit, the chances of them taking off is huge. So those are the things that in whatever industry you are, whatever industry you are looking for a passive source of income, pay attention to the process, you know, the details. The details speak more than whether you like me or not. You know, like, you know, as I said a, a few sentences ago, you don't have to like me for me to make you money. I don't have to like you for me to make you money. Money goes, it speaks a different language. You have to pay attention to the details and evaluate the operations of yeah. the company. Yeah, and like we always say, you know, make a non-tangible business feel as tangible as possible because it's money at the end of the day. People True. are committing dollars to something and you have to present that value um, that transcends through just two, three months of success, right? That long-term sustainability of success. And I'm just glad to, to really be able to have the time to share all these things. I know Iggy, for you, it means a lot because you want people to see that there is a good path. It's not just about what we hear. Or, I want people to see the work, bro. Yeah. I, I want people yeah. to see that the only way 
I want people, potential clients or current clients to see that it's possible to have that income and have that business, which for them is passive, mm. but it's not passive for us. No. And that's what we are, that's what we are giving when they yeah. become clients. And on the other side, I want to make uncomfortable all these other people that talk about this business so lightly and so easy, you know, yeah. and they compare it with stocks, they compare yeah. it with crypto, they compare it to all these things. And yeah. the reality is that the way they do business, it's yeah. as volatile as stocks, as risky as crypto, and yeah. it's not a smart comparison to do yeah. when you are on their shoes. Now, on our shoes, I don't even compare them to those things. I compare them to real estate. Hold on before you say, what is this guy doing, saying this and that? I'm comparing it to the cash flow side of real estate, okay? I, there's nothing in this world that can compare to real estate because whatever you put your money onto real estate, unless the market goes fucking down and crashing mm -hmm. like 2008, generally it either holds value or appreciates. Mm -hmm. That, that uh, functionality, that, uh, not functionality, that uh, attribution, that attribute, that that type of investment has, no other investment has it. That's why even successful business owners that own multi-million dollar companies or billion dollar companies, they put their money into real estate. Yeah. Okay, so I'm not comparing to that aspect, I'm comparing to the aspect of the cash flow, okay, and the security. Because that, um, Amazon Automation done our way, you have the security of a long-term investment mm. and you have the security of a cash flow investment, mm -hmm. okay? And that also brings appreciation, not the appreciation that you have on real estate, not the appreciation that you will have on a regular business, but it has an appreciation because if you have a store that has been running for 24 months and you have been generating three grand a month, if you want to sell that business, it's worth more than $25,000. Yeah. You know, you can sell that business easily for 300 grand. So look, mm -hmm. you were benefiting from the cash flow and now yeah. you are taking out a big amount of money because you want to get rid of it. So that's where we look to compare to. We yeah. don't compare with crypto. We don't compare to stocks. We don't compare to those things because we are not volatile as yeah. they are. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and for us, our direct competition isn't just in Florida or New York or Texas or California. We know there's companies and courses and individuals that do this type of business or try to do a comparative analysis. For us, we just want to be different. You know, we want to do things a way that no one else can just cut, copy and paste. And we know that in this, not to say rat race, but this race of Amazon automation or e-commerce growth or digital storefront growth, whatever you want to call it, we're a little bit further ahead and we have a dream, like Kobe always says, mm -hmm. but we know the work that it's gonna take to get there. And that's where we're at. And I think what's important for us is to always have the best interest of the client. We talk about making this a financial oriented type of feel, like the way you just explained it was perfect. You know, that security from a cash flow standpoint, from an investment standpoint, giving that full service from educational to just everyday actions that we have from our management here in the US or in our facility here to just the little things that we do from developing software or integrating things with Amazon, that's commitment. And that's what really helps all of this transpire and inspire. You just said something that is going to give me the, the, 
the kick to the beginning, you know, the start to the beginning, yeah. no, the start to the end, uh, which is that we are not like automation companies, they call themselves automation companies. We are not an automation company. We are a management company. We are a fulfillment company. Mm -hmm. We are a tech company. Mm -hmm. We are a customer service company. Okay. We are a consult consulting company. We're a financial company. So that's the big difference. That's why we are no commodity. We are actually different, mm -hmm. you know? And I think that that's the way we're going to finish today yeah. with that line yes. because <laughs> I want you guys to do your research. Uh, if you guys like the content, if you guys feel that this information mm -hmm. is helpful, please subscribe, like the video, leave comments, tell us what doubts you guys have uh, about the industry yeah. that we haven't covered so we can tell tackle them. Tell us your experiences. Them and share, mm -hmm. with, share with us your experiences. And even if you have been part of a bad experience, maybe we can help you, maybe not, but we will always guide you in the right direction and we'll advise you uh, the right way. Because for us, again, it's not about a fee or getting a new client in that regards. It's about qualifying the prospect for us to be allowed to benefit from the digital storefront that that prospect is going to have. Yeah. You know, because that's how we see the things. Like, we don't see the things, the, the, things, the clients, as... Uh, a fee, we actually see it as an opportunity for us to grow our cash flow month to month because mm -hmm. we benefit from the store too. Yeah. So we have all these stores yeah. to make money for and to make money from, you know? So yeah. that's all for today, guys. Hope you like the video. Make sure, as I said, to subscribe and leave comments below and we'll see you next time.